Welcome to this week's episode of the Geek Offensive Podcast. On the show today, we have returning guest Ryan Munoz from Pro Results Nutrition. And alongside him today, we have one of his fighters, Richie Palomino. Guys, thank you for coming in. It was such a such a fun time talking about this. And it's something we've been talking about on the show for a long time, trying to get like an actual fighter's insight and what goes into their training. So guys, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, no problem. Our yeah. pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, this was an absolute blast. Um, Richie has a fight coming up with King of the Cage uh, for their uh, 160 title, right? Yes. So that's coming up soon. We, we talk about um, uh, basically how he got into fighting, how him and Ryan uh, met up and started working together, and a lot of the science behind what goes into a training camp and, and the weight cutting. So this is a really fascinating episode. If you're... Um, uh, a hardcore fight fan if you want to know the ins and outs of it this is a perfect episode for you or if you're brand new to the sport this was very educational for me too and i've been following the sport for quite some time now um richie when is your title fight and, and where can people find you yeah my title is going to be september 7th for king of the cage in parker arizona um you can tune in hopefully facebook live mm-hmm. uh, i'm not too sure um if anyone else is going to have it live but Right, it will be re-aired on uh, UFC Fight Pass six weeks after six the weeks fight. After. Okay, and, and yeah. David, you had some other info as well. Yeah, it's a uh, Blue Water Casino in Parker, Arizona, September seventh. Yeah. And what was the? Did you have the? It was like on something on other channel. Oh, so it's on Mav TV yeah. on Directv or FiOS. FiOS, that's what it is. Okay, and uh, do you have a social media to plug as well? Yeah, sponsors too. Let's oh get yeah, sponsors in. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go back. Get to the, the Rolodex out. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, on, you're on Facebook and Instagram primarily. Yeah, uh, for the most part, I use a lot of Instagram, so okay. you can find me at l underscore palomino underscore power, and then if uh, Facebook, it's uh, Rich Palomino. Okay, and, and then, uh, my sponsors, I want to give a big shout out to Firme Club for helping me get uh, the strength and conditioning in. Mattress Buddy has been with me for a long time. Cal Attorneys, same thing. MDM Scapes, the best uh, masonry company in Orange County. Rounders MMA Unboxing, Pro Results Nutrition with Ryan Munoz, the best tattoos in uh, Orange County, Ferro's Inc. Tacos Manuel, the best tacos in Orange County. (laughs) (laughs) Gilly's Barbershop, big shout out to Gilly for always keeping me sharp before my fights and even after um, all around, you know, I like these brands specifically because they they um, give services in Orange County. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they give the best services in Orange County. So also OTM Fight Shops for always giving me, um, blessing me with nice gear to walk out, fight shorts. And Elite Edge Combat Performance. Thank you, Quang. Appreciate all the support. Fantastic. Make sure to support Richie and all those brands. Uh, Ryan, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at Ryan double underscore Munoz. My last name, M-U-N-O-Z. And you can also find me on Facebook. I have two pages. One of them is Pro Results Nutrition. The other one is Millennial Money Solutions. And uh, David, where can they find you? Find me at Superfan Armenta on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at David Armenta on Facebook. Shout out to Lupus Org. Donate to the cause. And if you can, please go out and donate platelets. You can donate platelets every seven days up to 24 times a year. Or if you can, please go out and donate whole blood. You can donate whole blood every 115 days a year. 
And you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. And the Geek Offensive is on social media as well with the handle at Geek Offensive on just about everything. This show is part of the Geek Say What Network. So big thank you to the network and to the owner, JPG, for providing a platform for us. He makes me say thank you to him. All the time. Uh, (laughs) Talk about ego, man. He hasn't stopped me from doing that, so I'm just going to keep doing that. I know he listens sometimes, so... He might like it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's my favorite part. Exactly. <laughs> that's the only part he listens to, the intro, the outro. That's how he knows everything. That's okay. how he knows. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the the Geek uh, the geek Say What Network has plenty of other shows available right now, ready for download on Apple and Google Podcasts or wherever else you download your talking. Uh, first up, you have our intro to our starting line to Geek Culture, uh, Ready, Set, Geek, host by Alex Catherine. We have our weekly trivia podcast, Geek KO, hosted by Justin Majiraga and Ish. We have our actual play RPG podcast, Nerds on a Roll, hosted by Rob Sagara and Lauren Peterson and their whole crew. And then we have uh, Diverse Geeks in Focus, putting a lens on marginalized issues within the geek community, hosted by Gemma Vidal. And on the horizon, we have a pro wrestling podcast, uh, Pencil Neck Geeks, hosted by Berto Ponce and Elaine Dolales, tagging in your inner wrestling geek. Uh, look for that last show to come out soon, hopefully within the next month. Um, and uh, yeah, all those are available right now. Please subscribe and download. We very much appreciate it. Our next shout out goes to our associate producers, Wayland Productions, who provide the space and uh, help us with the equipment and help us sound great. Uh, you can find them at wayland.ws and uh, please follow their audio drama, We're Alive, uh, Gold Rush, and We're Live Frontier, now available on Alpha and uh, I believe Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, last shout out goes to our apparel sponsor, jordandene.com. That's Jordan, D E N E.com. Uh, it is a geek apparel store out of Brooklyn, New York. They're eco friendly and they help you look nerdy. Uh, please, uh, oh, and make sure to shop there with the promo code Geek Say What and you get 20% off your next purchase. So buy a shirt, you heathens. <laughs> And I believe that's it. Again, uh, Richie, all the luck in the world to you on your title Kick fight. some ass, my man. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Ryan, I'll do my best. Ryan, thank you again for breaking it down and breaking the science down for yeah, us. Yeah, my pleasure. Always learn a lot when we talk to you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think David took notes last time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take notes again for yeah. sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, don't forget to da- don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe to join the offensive and to check out r slash. I'm sorry, John. To join the offensive, cue my music. Yeah. When was the last time you were here? Oh, dude. Um, what month is it? August. August. I think it's been a year. Damn. No, no. hasn't been that long. Could have yeah. been that long. No way. Yeah, I think it's been a year. What? Dude, yeah. No. That's, that's a long time. Yo, ago. Google it. I don't I know. Think, yeah. <laughs> I think it's been a year. I have no. I don't. I couldn't have been because I know Richie and I were already working together. That's I know. Been a year. Over a year already. No shit. Yeah, because I did. I did my debut August something. It's right. The twenty second. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, your damn. debut. That was a good I got day. Your, that was an I got awesome sh- day. I got your shirt dog open. It's August 23rd was your debut. 23rd. Yeah, yeah, I was close. 23rd. <laughs> that was a good time. Damn. That was a damn. badass time. time I've, I've always had a question about that. Yeah. So when your record shows up in shirt dog, who reports that? I think it's um, 
The commission. Oh, the commission. Yeah, the commission. It has to be. Okay. Because um, all your all the info gets mm-hmm. reported to the commission, whether you win, lose, stuff like that. Oh shoot, that's funny. Like, because you'd think it'd be a government website that, since it's the commission, yeah. athletic commission, you think like, oh maybe, hey, this is we'll use our government website to keep track of everything, but no, it's just SureDog for some reason. Yeah. Well, there's I think there's like three main websites. It's Tapology, SureDog, and then there's one more. Tapology. I use Tapology, but yeah. I don't know the third one. Oh, okay. Well, it's like MMA, like all those other blogs and stuff like that too. Uh, MMAfighting.com. That might be it. Yeah. The underground. No. I I just check uh, Tapology and SureDog. Those okay. are the ones that I I uh, yeah I use. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I always wondered that because I always thought like again I didn't think it was an official site or anything but after all these years it's like yeah it seems to be the go-to site government regulated yeah i'm like no it's not it wouldn't be called sure dog if it was <laughs> that's a funny story yeah. oh but uh, guys thanks for coming on man absolutely uh, i know uh folks if, if you're just tuning in i uh, uh ryan was here i'm guessing a year ago now it's gotta be close uh, yeah to yeah probably rough yeah. yeah and uh you dropped some knowledge on uh basic nutrition and because uh, you're the owner of pro results nutrition mm-hmm. and uh that was i gotta tell you that the feedback we got from that episode was fantastic it's like, awesome that, Good. that's one of the few episodes where it's like people were texting me like awesome. actually texting yeah. me and reaching out to me i'm like oh shoot i learned a lot from that episode good so, i'm glad i could contribute yeah we were always trying to get you back but scheduling's sure been kind of a bitch and then <laughs> but this time uh you've brought in one of the fighters you're working with uh richie palomino so richie thank you for coming in uh all of us here at the geek offensive are like big mma fans so it, it's a privilege for us to actually have a fighter who's just kind of starting his journey on the show and like maybe maybe like we've always been wondering about um a fighter's actual story and like getting more of your insight into the game and what's going on now so thanks for coming in man no, i appreciate you guys having me yeah, it's awesome I, to uh come in and have a platform and talk about those things yeah uh well how did you t- how did you guys meet so what was it uh back in i was over at so richie trains uh over at rounders and i want to say maybe so like santa 2000 Anna, right? yeah santa santa Anna. Anna. Okay. rounders mm-hmm. and santa Ana. santana represent um so i want to say that back in 2015 2014 i walked in there trained um i was i went to go just see the owner and that's bow that's his train his main trainer he used to fight professionally as well right yeah so i went to go talk to him uh i have a background with rounders so long story short 2018 19 comes around and now i'm really getting pro results up and running looking for some quality athletes that i can go work with uh i love personal training i love working with a lot of people but there's something about athletes that are intrinsically motivating that reach for higher levels have higher standards for the performance and take things more serious so i went to go talk to bow the owner told him what I was doing he introduced me to Richie he was saying uh, the timing was perfect because I think he was maybe eight weeks out from his first professional fight Yeah. so timing was right we connected um, we did a lot of work did some nutrition work did some uh, conditioning more than anything else um, his debut fight was fucking awesome that was an amazing amazing experience i've never seen a professional live mma fight before um richie and i have been working together pretty closely for for that specific fight and then everything just came together so richie when you first met ryan um what was your reaction to his whole process 
So when, when I first met Ryan, I see this big buff guy walk into the gym, right? <laughs> and um, I, you don't know why, but like usually when I'm training, like I'm just so like focused on training or I'm just so tired that I'm just like, oh. So he yeah. was talking to me and I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. Mm, okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. And then he left me a card. And then, um, you know, I talked to Bao and I said, you know, what do you think about this? He's like, well, if we're going to go pro, you need to start working with strength and conditioning person and someone that knows more of the of the specific area so i i called him and then he you know like always he laid out a game plan and it really interested me so then we started working and as soon as the first workout i was just like jesus christ <laughs> it's just different you know next level so next do, level. do you work on just his strength and conditioning with him or is it his nutrition too for the last fight that we had uh he I, we're working with another guy another third party guy nick nick's pretty cool he does more of the strength i okay. prefer to work more on the conditioning just because i've i mean I prefer to focus on the things that are more technical. I like lear learning the nitty gritty, going into the details. I can really, really, you know, elevate his game to the next level. I want to focus on things that have a measurable outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're using weights, that's good. But that direct strength, let's say, you know, you increase 30 pounds on your dumbbell bench press. That's great. But it doesn't directly translate into making you a more efficient fighter. So... I think his conditioning, his ability to recover in between rounds, his ability for his heart rate to drop at a you know at a, a faster rate, mm -hmm. um, his lactate threshold to be increased to the maximum, so he's able to uh, throw combinations harder, faster, recover with less energy spent. Those are the things I would prefer to focus on because there's a more direct translation into that energy that's prepped. Right. So now, before you met uh, Richie, before you met uh, Ryan, did you have any sort of like specific coaching like that? Not in that area. Not in that area. No, okay. but like everything else, I did. Like okay. as far as like striking, jujitsu, okay, everything like that. So but the actual techniques you were yeah, already versed. The in. techniques always been like pretty structured since the start, but the the conditioning and the strength was new. Okay. Now, do you have a background in like wrestling or boxing, anything like that? I actually don't. I have oh, no. Okay. I have so no you're, background. You're a straight up MMA guy. Yeah. I, luckily for me, I found a good gym that has everything. Rounders MMA in Santa Ana with Balquatch. There's everything that you need to learn to be a successful MMA fighter. Like yeah. literally every single class that you need for MMA, we mm -hmm. they offer it. How did you end up uh, at Rounders? So I started training um, with my first jiu-jitsu coach, uh, Legacy in Irvine. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and I was there for about a year, and then um, so it started know, with jiu-jitsu. Yeah, just just jiu-jitsu. Right. You know, I was just trying to get back in shape, and then my cousin Ernie. He told me, hey, man, you know, if, if you really want to take this serious, you want to go next level, you need to go to rounders with Balquatch. Mm -hmm. So I was like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe. And it was closer to my house. So yeah, one day I show up and then the rest is history. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was back in like 2000. Can I come up on 14? the mic a little bit more? Sorry. 2014, I want to okay. say. Yeah. Okay. So I've been there since. Right. Now, were you always into, into sports? Or, uh, do you have an athletic background growing up? Or I play you baseball. You're, are, you're from San Ana? Yeah, I'm from San Ana, born and raised. Okay. But I play baseball my whole life. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you're, you were always in the sports. Yeah. Then. Well, just baseball. Mm -hmm. So I thought I was going to go pro. It was my whole dream to be a professional baseball player. And then um, just wasn't that good. You know, mm -hmm. wasn't good enough to be a pro baseball player. Right. And then uh, what, what made you want to try jujitsu? I just started watching fights, you know? <laughs> and I think in junior high, 
my parents had somehow they got a black box, right? We had a we had a we had a black box. Every cousin has like a black. Bo- every <laughs> nobody knows where it came from, but yeah, but yeah. everyone's but got one. Everybody's got one. Yeah, the, I've always wanted to have that conversation with that yeah. cousin. It's like, where did you get this? And then none of your fucking business. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, kind of they just dodge the subject. Hey, you don't pay for it. Don't ask. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just say thank you. I'm like, I'll tell you where we got ours from. Yeah. <laughs> the mailman. The mailman? I swear to God. What? Oh, yeah. shit. The mailman's well, just like- just dropped it off at the nah, wrong house? Well, I don't know. My dad was- <laughs> Yeah. Somehow yeah. my dad yeah. had a conversation exactly with him, that. and the mailman's like, hey, man, I could hook you up with something. He's like, yeah. And then we got a black box. <laughs> Came from the government. Fucking Many years do. ago, right? Yeah, so most things do. We don't have it no more. But. So one, allegedly. One, <laughs> all allegedly. It's allegedly. <laughs> no, no, we got it, we got so one night I was, I was up late, and I was watching, and then uh, I, I flipped the channel, and I seen Pride. And that's when, right. I, yeah, oh. that's when I saw Rampage slam some guy. Yeah, that was uh, Ricardo Arona. Probably. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. The Mexican guy. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, he's a... Uh, um, God, shame what happened to him. Like, Ricardo Arona is from, like, Brazilian top team. He just kind of, like, fell off when things got bigger. But anyway, yeah, Pride was one of the... This is pretty much what got me. Uh, my first fight I ever saw, and I had no idea who the guys were at the time until I looked it up. It was uh, Mark Hunt versus Vanderlei Silva. Holy oh, man, shit! Jesus, that was like I, I was watching and I was studying abroad at the time of all places. But like it was on TV, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> this is bananas! It's like pro wrestling, but real. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is real damage to the yeah, body. Yeah, it's just like oh. Um, and then the weight classes clearly didn't matter there, but um, but yeah, I was the same way. Big pride fc fan rest in peace yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay so you're you're watching and then uh, what makes you want to take that next step be like let me let me just let me just take a class like i think it was just one of those things where i'm like i need to try it yeah i need to try it whether it's for me or not because you know when um kane velasquez won the fight when he won the belt against um brock lesnar that really motivated me. I don't know why, but it was just like I want to be that guy. First Mexican heavyweight yeah, man. champ in like it, combat sports. It, it, yeah. And then during that time, a lot of the like the Mexican American fighters that were you know they're Mexican American, they didn't really speak Spanish fluently. Mm-hmm. So to me, I was like, you know, it's awesome to have someone represent you know Mexican American like that, but they didn't really speak Spanish like that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just. I was like, shout out to Andy Ruiz too. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> my Andy hero. Ruiz. Yeah, I don't feel man. so bad now about this. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I still gotta listen to his interview. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, Kane was it was a big deal for a lot of people. I remember his rise. It, again, a shame that like he had to go through so many injuries. But mm-hmm. God, prime Kane Velasquez, man, was a monster beast. Yeah, scary. Um, I still remember that fight. Like he made Brock, who must have outweighed him by like fifty pounds, easy. It's huge. Um, yeah, it's completely natural. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, he like spun him around and like made him. He looked like he was like wobbling around, and it was insane to see that. Um, so so once uh, once you sign up for oh, his legacy, he said. No. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Legacy in Irvine. So you sign up your first class there. What's your first day like? You know, l- luckily for me, that they were everyone there was so cool. Mm-hmm. Everybody was really welcoming. So I think that makes a big difference. You know, like if you go to a gym and people are kind of like rude or mean, you're not gonna want to do it. But luckily for me, like I remember um, Jeremy Jordan. He was one of the higher belts there already. Uh, Cameron, 
just a bunch of dudes mm-hmm. with legacy and um they were really welcoming so after that i was like i like this a lot yeah and then we just little by little started learning more learning more mm-hmm. and then we started sparring and i remember when we started sparring i was like i really like this you know uh, we started punching each other and stuff like that did you um growing up as a kid and living in santa Ana, did you i mean did you get in a lot of fights as a kid or i didn't i wasn't in a lot of fights but uh-huh. I, I definitely had my share of fist fights hmm. yeah yeah just you kind of have to a little bit you know? yeah yeah <laughs> it's a little rough neighborhood out there yeah, i mean depending on what part of santa Ana. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well i mean i'm from orange just right next to it so yeah yeah um but uh so what was the what was the biggest challenge for you at that point what, did you find it difficult? Was it fun? Like, what what was going through your head when you're when you're starting out? It's definitely the the balance of during that time my son was younger, mm-hmm. so it was the balance of spending so much time away from him and mm-hmm. and him not understanding. Okay, so about how old are you when you're starting jujitsu? I want to say like twenty four. Twenty four. Okay. Twenty four. And then did you uh, compete in any like? local tournaments or anything like that I did, or did you just kind of like go to MMA no I did, I did jiu-jitsu and then as a white belt I did one tournament mm-hmm. but you know during that time I was super heavy I was like 220 hold it what yeah so <laughs> I was 220 or more so it's a good thing Ryan's around to help you cut weight is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah wait was your first fight how did you get down to I, I know we're jumping around here there's a lot yeah. of stuff I want to ask you but how did you get down to 160 you said yeah 160 god damn well as an amateur I was fighting at 170 you were fighting okay, and then one time I fought at 185 and then I'll never do that Ooh. again is, mm. those dudes are huge mm. yeah even at 70 they're big you know I see some I've um, met some 145ers that local fights and they're like as tall as me and i'm like huh yeah. <laughs> like, <"How?" laughs> huge I, I don't get it either i would say 185 that packs a different kind of punch i'm assuming yeah but well, yeah. luckily for me the guy that i fought that time was a grappler so oh, okay he didn't really hit me that much right and when but you're on the ground it's like okay it's a little was, more even i was like you can't get him off me oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're rolling with a house at that my point. coach is like get <laughs> up I'm, I'm trying to get up i can't get up small bear Healthy. It's always like, <laughs> funny when you hear people like get up and he's like, I'm trying, man. Like, wait, it's not man. easy. <laughs> We're speaking, in a fight. <laughs> speaking of that, you know, going back to that point, after my first amateur fight, I told myself that I would never watch fights the same because, you know, the first fight, you know, my, my first amateur fight, I fight this guy named Danny Lopez and we're yeah, fighting at the Agua Caliente Casino. And first 10 seconds, boom, I get dropped. And as soon as I fall, you know, it feels slow motion like. And during this time, I'm thinking, fuck, this is a lot harder than I imagined. And I don't want to do this anymore. Like, mid in my mind, I'm thinking, like, I want to quit. I want to go home already. Mm-hmm. And then, in you know, in the midst of that, I'm like, nah. And, you know, you're thinking, yeah. like, oh, my family's here. My mom's here. Everyone's here. I'm like, yeah. fuck that. I get up, and then, I, you know, 20 seconds later, I knock him out. Oh, so, my first fight, I won by knockout, but... You know, after that, I was like, this shit's hard. Yeah. Because yeah, I remember yeah. falling and I was like, fuck. So you're, okay, I've always wanted to ask this because yeah. I've had my bell rung in football, but like this has to be totally different. So you're completely conscious as you're getting dropped? Like, Luckily for out? me, I've always been dazed and I've never been knocked out. Like, com- you've just never been, you never blacked out? No, okay. but like well, when I spar hard with like other pros or whatever, when I've been hurt, mm-hmm. it just, for me personally, it just feels like you get hit 
and then you just feel like um you know that feeling when you're drowning like when you when you accidentally swallowed water oh, okay yeah that's exactly what you feel like your brain feels all rattled and then you Whoa. just feel like slow motion yeah oh and then shit if you get hit again though they can wake you up and you're like oh shit i'm i'm stunned kind of knocks you back into the fight so i've been yeah. dropped i've been dropped in yeah. like three of my fights but i've never been knocked out mm-hmm. it's probably it's like good and bad it's like bad you're taking the punishment but good it's like okay you, you you've struggled you know you can fight back from it mm-hmm. uh yeah because god your first three fights are all under a minute um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um okay so when you're going through that what i mean did you even realize the fight was done after you knocked him out like what yeah how, this is yeah. okay the referee, well, just, like but you know my first one if you look at the video it's on youtube i hit him and I, he's like wobbled a, mm-hmm. more than me. Like I got, like well, mine was more like a flash knockdown. Him was like his was like a, oh fuck! Like he was out oh, game was over like knockout. Slow. Yeah, and I, you can see my face like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit! And then I hit him. I hit him again, and then he just dropped shark in the water, off. man. Because that first knockout yeah. gotta feel fucking awesome. Oh my god, it's the best. It's <laughs> the best dope. feeling ever. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's the best. I swear, I, I, there's no other feeling like it. Getting a finish, mm-hmm. whether it's a mission or knockout or whatever. There's no feeling like it. Yeah. I'm assuming that's why a lot of these fighters nowadays, like they're fighting at the end of the career. But I mean, you got like BJ Penn, that's forty something years old, they, and they still want that high, still man. want that high. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, you can't buy it. You yeah. can't buy yeah. it. It's like the highest high, and then if you lose, the lowest low. Yeah, <laughs> the worst. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's, it just you take that risk and you train so hard. And I always hate when people I'm watching at like a bar or something, and a fighter is like taking a loss hard, and they're like, "Why is he crying? Don't quit being a bitch." And I'm like, "No, that guy's invested every ounce of his being it. into they however long it. they were fighting, and they they just don't get it." Fucking sure. casuals. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's probably. Good. I don't yeah. know if you. Had time to watch a fight at a bar, but like, there's always that one out of shape dude. So oh yeah, like, making oh, I comments. Could, I could beat that guy. In running the his mouth. Yeah, it's like, oh come on, man. Yeah. The worst guy in the roster would whoop your ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, okay, so you are okay. You're with Rounders. How long are you with Rounders before that first fight? So it's funny. So I show up to Rounders and Bow's like, he was really busy at the time and I was like hey man I want to fight he goes okay you need to get your blue belt first and I was like I'm already a blue belt he's like oh shit yep. he's like how's your stand up and I was like oh it's not good he goes alright well train your stand up and then come back talk to me so like 6-8 months passed by and I'm like hey man I want to fight he's like oh you really want to fight huh I was like yeah so then um, after that he started training with me because he just seen that I really wanted to fight so I trained maybe I want to say with Bao it took me like about a year and a half of just training a lot so about, about two and a year two and a half years total is it when you're yeah after first fight yeah okay well okay i wanted to ask that just because i, I want people to have like a good idea some context i mean yeah, i know exactly that, like you know like, what does it take and that's your amateur fight yeah. you're even technically pro yet yeah yeah and then, i mean a lot of guys jump the gun quicker because they have a background such as mm-hmm. like wrestling and, yeah you know it's they have a better chance of fighting well Right. Opposed but, to me, I had no wrestling background or nothing mm-hmm. like that, so I had you to were take just my athletic. Time. Yeah. Was no, like, I was not. A, you no. were an athletic. <laughs> I'm not athletic. No. Oh right, you said you were like two whatever. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's a little chubby. <laughs> <laughs> well, because when you stop playing baseball, you're like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so um, did you find the weight cutting process hard? I did. Yeah, I did. 
how did you approach it at your first time? Because you didn't have Ryan until what was Probably it? Probably way down the road. Yeah. So this is you. You were already pro when you met Ryan. I was gonna become pro. Yeah. Just before your yeah. pro. right okay. before his first fight. Okay. So my first couple fights, I kind of just had to like YouTube it. You know, as they say, Jesus everything Christ. that you want to know, <sighs> go out of the wonderful world of YouTube. And, I don't yeah. know, man. I YouTube like how to like discharge a uh, uh, like a guy with a gun, and I don't think I could <laughs> do it. I don't think that'll work. Yeah, man. I don't Please think I could do it. Just <laughs> yeah. Call for help. If you, uh, <laughs> if you're that's, that that sounds hide, a little man. dangerous. I watch hide. that shit all the time. <laughs> just, just don't get any ideas. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> I need you around. <laughs> so just YouTube just and YouTube. like, and what, what tips do you learn from YouTube? Just try trying to how to cut weight, all the dieting <laughs> and stuff like that. Dieting. Yeah. See, this is a part that just oh, makes man. me cringe. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I looked at oh Ryan's face yeah. and oh he was just like, God. God. I mean, <laughs> and that's the the hard part is that like people once again, it's it's that information that people don't know what they don't know. And then you know, here's me walking around looking for people who I can help. And here's yeah. Richie on YouTube. You know, it, it, I'm. What I'm saying is, it, I think it was awesome the way we both crossed paths. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at a position where I was looking to work with someone. He was in a position to take his career to the next level. I brought my expertise and his talent. We put it together, and now he's on a completely different level. I think that's that's the takeaway from all that. But once again, like if people don't have that formal education, it's going to be really hard yeah. to get the the right answers to the questions that most people have and it's just not there a lot of times Mm -hmm. and so okay so you're just going off youtube tips for a while and is it just like not eating or you just sweating like what's the trash bags like like like, like, (laughs) my coach he would like give me like um he tried to give me like uh information but at the same time you know he's already helping me with it so much that it's like yeah on top of that he's kind of like dude you gotta kind of figure it out you know so i was trying to eat more healthy um and then i would just cut maybe like 10 pounds I feel like 10 is what you normally see like a couple of weeks out from a fight so at least you were getting results so you're you're going from that and I'm, I'm guessing that was one of the hardest parts of transitioning to MMA it was um, so once you go from that to working with Ryan n- now how does it how does the process feel now well now we have an understanding of what we need to be doing so mm-hmm. you know having that structure is key Mm-hmm. You need to have that, like you were saying, you don't know what you don't know. So knowing what I know now is like, oh, okay, this makes sense, and we should be doing it differently. It's like, oh, God, I could have been healthy going into this fight. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think <laughs> the educational aspect is, is super important because if I tell someone to do something, they're going to be like, oh, well, why do I need to do it? And it's not going to make sense. But if I explain to someone why A is going to get them to B and B is going to get them to C, then they're going to have a deeper understanding, which is going to allow them to make it more more to make more sense. And that's going to allow them to really put the pieces together, right? So, for example, one of the plans that we had, and a lot of the times we might have a game plan. Uh, and it looks good on paper. It looks great. But the reality of it is things are changing. Um, schedule shifts. Say we're sparring on a day that we didn't plan to, so we got to take advantage of it. Hey, I'm, we had a long rest and workout the night before. Then we got conditioning early in the morning. So I'm always having to think on my feet and make sure that what I'm doing is still going to be in alignment with his goals at the end without burning the candle at both mm-hmm. ends. Because a lot of times for your last fight too, like we were both grinding it out. Uh, we had He had late nights at the gym. We were up at 6 a.m. Um, training in the mornings. I was wrecking him when I could. His weekends were usually a little lighter, so we had some time to recover. So I would smash him on Mondays. Mm-hmm. And as the week would tailor on, we'd kind of have to throttle back a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
and that, that was the kind of the pattern that we had to see so even though we had this game plan and you know on paper it looked great the reality was it wasn't always worked the way we we planned it out to be so we both had to adapt on both ends we'd be in communication hey you know, my my legs are tired on this day all right well let's do some upper body stuff let's figure out a way to get your heart rate up really get that conditioning in so we can tweak it however we need to to still keep you on track to maximize everything we're trying to work towards okay so you're working with him not uh, so pretty much his whole camp mm-hmm. how, how's, how long does the camp last so usually we were working for like uh, six to eight weeks. Six mm-hmm. to eight weeks. Yeah. Okay. Standard. Okay. I know for my, not this last fight, but the previous one before that, we worked a lot. It was it must have been like ten weeks. I want right. to say yeah. ten, ten to twelve ish. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was long. No, that seems about right because I remember a lot of fighters saying they wanted a, roughly three months or so. Yeah, in, when you in think fights. Yeah, yeah, when you think about how much like effort like Richie's putting in the the drilling, the repetitions, mm-hmm. uh, the sweat, like what it does to the body muscularly, but also on the nervous system. Like your body has to power down. So I think uh, most recently we were starting to realize Richie was starting to feel the difference of having adequate rest in between because you know it's just like a car, like a Ferrari. You're redlining and redlining the is going to overheat and blow if you don't pull off the throttle a little bit so we're really trying to maximize and really try to adjust everything so everything is kind of more synergistic rather than just go 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 and then hopefully you'll end up where you're at you know it needs to be much more strategic and that's where all of us have to be on the same page him and his other coaches myself we all have to be really talking and communicating yeah how is that kind of juggling around the different aspects because you went from like one thing just jujitsu now you got to roll it in with stand up and like conditioning mm-hmm. diet, like how did uh, how, what was that like well it even to this day it's been a little difficult because mm-hmm. you you just have so much that we have to do because mma it's everything so yeah. monday tuesday thursdays we wrestle with our coach jacob Harmon, and that goes from 8 30 to 10 10 20 p.m at night um twice a week i train with hugo vargas our boxing coach mm-hmm. twice a week i go spar at other gyms oh so okay. like on fridays i usually go to Subfighter in laguna hills mm-hmm. with adam lynn and his guys and then every now and then on wednesdays i'll go to um sub fighter in seal beach okay. with uh, mm-hmm. tracy hess and his guys there's a uh, joshua jones gabriel green oh good nice guys far with and um then i have the strength and conditioning with nick and ryan so <laughs> and then aside from that i have all the technique drilling that i do with my coach about quatch yeah, I, that's always one thing I've been curious about. It's like you have to, um, again, you still need all those skills. Again, you're relatively early in your mm-hmm. fight career, but then adding what Ryan has to do to keep you in shape to be able to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it's just one. I've just heard so many different approaches on how to like schedule everything out. I was wondering like how how that worked for do you, you guys. Do it's you, funny because um, was that? Do, you, do you study film too as well on uh, your opponent? I do. Yeah. I watch a lot of it as yeah. much as I can, and then I just watch a lot of fights because yeah. uh, you know my my trainer back coach. He's always he's smart. Mm-hmm. He's a very smart coach. Like this guy can watch a fight, and then you just see him like, you know, like you can see his brain working, mm-hmm. and then he'll get good techniques off it, and then he'll try it. He's like, come here, we need to try this. And then we try it, and it works, <laughs> or it doesn't work, you know. But like. Yeah. He's like a mad scientist, you know, just trying to get new stuff. He's like watching the circus or something. All right, we'll try this. <laughs> Gonna have you jump off this and then try this elbow. Like, what? If it works, why not? Right? <laughs> Flying if it elbow. works, why not? <laughs> uh, okay, so um, once you start working with Ryan, okay, so um, we'll take us through the process here. Like, how, like, oh, let me ask you this. Sorry. Um, 
when does the weight cutting start? Because you said the camp's roughly 10 to 12 weeks or so. Like, how, at what point does the weight cut become the The week of the fight. Week of the fight. Week of the fight. Holy okay. shit. Wow. Yeah. So what are you walking that's, around that's like normally? Around, yeah. Well, I, you know, I have these binges where my body will go up and down, yeah. up and down. So I'll, 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 my lightest that I'll ever be is like 175. Mm-hmm. Walking around in heaviest, I'll be like 185. 185. Yeah. And you go all the way down to 60 for, to 60. for your fights. Yeah. God that's, damn. Yeah. Whew, week of the fight, goddamn! Um, I was wondering if it was like a gradual thing or if it was like it, it should be in yeah. a perfect world. Yeah, um, I've, I've mentioned this several times. I think last time I kind of talked about like mm-hmm. the ideal strategy, but once again, things don't always fall into place the way mm-hmm. they should. So, long term approach: let's say Richie doesn't have any fights for seven to eight months. Highly unlikely for a fighter at his level. Mm-hmm. Uh, wants to win, get his name out there, make some money. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. But if I had my the opportunity to really mold everything, you'd all obviously want to look at what's the end result. You want him to walk around as close to his competition weight as possible, make him as lean as possible, get get him as conditioned as possible. Well, that means of those seven or eight months, you'd spend maybe three, four, five months building that foundation of muscle, and then slowly the last two, three months start working on fat loss. Mm-hmm. So you want to keep him lean, keep him efficient, and also cut that extra weight off so he's as close as possible to his fight weight. But the reality is we don't have that much time. So the way we would kind of structure it, we'd see where he, how much does he weigh before camp starts? How much does he need to, what's he going to weigh in at? And then we'll slowly have weekly goals that we really try to stay on top of. But a lot of the times it's the water that fluctuates the mm-hmm. most, right? There'd be times where you'd be sweating what? You'd be wringing your shirts out, wringing his shirts out completely. And then the next day uh, he'd just be retaining a lot of water. He'd weigh in like four pounds more the day before. Just as, that's how the hormones work. It's probably your body's trying to hold on to that water. Exactly. That's like, exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. So the hormone fluctuation kind of gives it, uh, it's kind of it's like, like hitting a moving target. Target's always always moving. So we're always trying to have to adjust our aim. So like, it gets kind of tricky, but he's been yeah. very, very good that last final week. That's make or break. Mm-hmm. No, but I th- I'm not sure. I don't think you've cut weight uh, the point to where it's really, really affected your conditioning, though. Have Have you? No. Mm-hmm. So he's he's pretty smart. He knows his body okay. pretty pretty well. And if you can get that education, the knowledge into someone like Richie who knows his body, he knows how far he can push it. He knows to what level he needs to go to get his body to do what he needs to do. Right. And I think that's one thing. I, I think fighters now are. W- very much more aware of listening to their bodies it's like i think before old school way thing it's like just you just fight through the pain you just do it but mm-hmm. there's some points where hey you've got to take a break ease up here so that you're in fight condition mm-hmm. yeah um so richie did you always have that kind of awareness with your body or was that kind of no uh, it's more like relatively new for me you know new. you know even in early in my professional career i think it's one of those things that i'm still trying to mm-hmm. really um get on top of you know i i don't recommend cutting weight <laughs> and I've, <laughs> I've cut a lot of weight you know in some of my fights i have cut a lot of weight even more than i should mm-hmm. and um not the smartest thing to do so. part of the game though right part, part of the game but i think that if you know i just need to be more professional about it and mm-hmm. you know be walk around leaner be leaner yeah how did you decide on that weight class because you said you'd fought heavier was it just so one time i as an amateur i fought in iowa uh-huh. and i was watching a 170 pound professional mma fight and i was like these motherfuckers are humongous <laughs> 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 oh, i'm serious they're like six one six two and then yeah. this guy 
head no. kick, knocked them out. Dude. I was like, nope. <laughs> I look at Bow and I told him, like, dude, if I ever go pro, I'm not fighting at 170, ever. You know what was <laughs> trippy? I saw uh, Anthony Johnson, this is forever ago, when he was still fighting. I think he was about to fight um, Noguera. And he weighed in at 204, and I'm looking at him, I'm like, how? Yeah. What kind of black magic fuckery <laughs> is going on here? Is that scale right? What's go- There's no way he's 204. He's a fucking beast. <laughs> yeah, he dude. was like 204 for yeah. like six seconds. <laughs> I think that guy fought out 55s too at one point. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember those days and I'm like, how did he uh, do that? And now that he he fights a heavyweight, right? Well, he doesn't fight no more, but... Uh, he's, he, if you see him now, but if he, he's, he's looks huge. like a heavyweight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. no. He's fucking huge. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of those things that's so tricky about the human body that it, it can fluctuate like that. Yeah, the, the body's very dynamic in the way it works. Like when one thing's off, something's to compensate either at the top or at the bottom you just got to anticipate which way it's going to be coming from i mean hormones is hormones themselves they're just like wheels within wheels that are constantly turning always trying to find balance with each other so when one thing's off once again you know something else is going to be coming from somewhere else and that's kind of the hard part just with the weight itself especially mm-hmm. with um like sweating and sodium everything's always adjusting all can, the time can you go a little bit more into that with hormones and like what exactly it is that affects yeah so um so there's i don't want to get super technical a lot of oh, people go ahead man <laughs> all right <laughs> so uh let me see if i can let me uh jog my memory a little bit <laughs> when it comes like to the kidneys and water retention there's uh hormones called like aldosterone cortisone uh cortisol sorry and um these these hormones that are released are like stress hormones one of them is, affects how much water we retain which are, affect our kidneys and the other ones are uh, adrenal adrenal hormones right released during times of stress so both of those put together um that helps that makes your body retain water so cortisol for example i know a little more about cortisol so i'll talk about that um cortisol is a stress hormone so it doesn't matter if it's physical stress psychological emotional stress the body's gonna respond the exact same way you know you could be going through a breakup going through a divorce doing you know losing a fight whatever it is and your body is going to respond the exact same way so when cortisol is high that's a catabolic hormone so that means you're going to lose muscle it's going to break down you're going to retain water and uh you're going to be storing more fat so constantly being in a stressed out state like for example like you see uh, i'm just throwing this out there no disrespect to any attorneys out there but if you're like in a high level um or high stress job uh you're middle age or overweight people usually have cardiac problems because their stress is always so high so it's these hormones that are built up over a long time that can contribute some type of like cardiac diseases mm. so uh the stress hormones like cortisol for example can be pretty detrimental if it's that high for that long that's why rest is super important i kind of like to explain it like uh, the tide right there's high tide and there's low tide well if the tide's always high the chances are there's going to be some flooding and that flooding is what's going to cause the damage that's why rest when you're when your body rests and you give it enough time it's almost like you're allowing the tide to come back to low tide mm-hmm. so everything's fluctuation everything's you know ebb and flow it's funny you brought up attorneys because my, my girlfriend is an attorney <laughs> <laughs> She is. She's like. She's probably listening, going like, "Yeah, I need rest." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I feel like that's uh, again another thing that kind of goes against that old school way of thing. At least what, what we were all kind of yeah. brought up in, mm-hmm. and just like, no, you're supposed to fight through the pain. Doesn't care if you do, you go one more uh, time, and it's like, well, no. If you're completely broken down, your body's saying like, "No, you, yeah. you need the rest. You're not gaining anything." Mm-hmm. 
uh, from this. Um, I, I mean, for in Richie's case, is is can you tell when it's like, hey, we need, we need to stop? Oh, absolutely. Here. Yeah. Absolutely. I, that's I I watch for red flags immediately, mm-hmm. especially when I know he's getting closer to his fight. Like I'm very technical. Like we would have maybe three or four uh, round, five rounds of sprints lined up, mm-hmm. and if I see signs of stress where he's really decreasing in his power output and recovery on round three, we're done at round three. Oh, wow. There's there's only so much you can That's get awesome. out of it anymore. If you try to push it no, beyond yeah. that, you're being a dead horse. You're yep. not only having a suboptimal workout, he's not getting a lot out of it, but you're stressing his body. Mm-hmm. I want him to be fresh for that next day or be as fresh as he can so he can go out and do what he does. I yeah. think I think that's amazing though, Richie. Like you're not coming from a wrestling background, but in order for you to be in this MMA world, you have to learn how to cut. And I mean, I, I think that's phenomenal that you're able to do that and bring that mentality because it's not, it's not built for a lot of people. You know? Yeah, it's definitely um, the probably one of the hardest parts of fighting. Yeah, yeah. I all mean, that. It, it's hard enough for people. People avoid struggle, period. And mm-hmm. then, like you diving in, probably into one of the hardest struggles <laughs> you can ever do, yeah. is, is astounding. Um, and especially again, very early in your career. Um, like when when Ryan like stops you, can you feel the difference? Like, uh, do, like can you feel the red flags he's noticing? Oh yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I, I already know because I've worked with him before. Okay. So I also know what he's watching for, and you know I'm trying to push myself, and my body just won't. You know, my legs could only pedal so hard. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't respond the way we both want it to. So at that point, because everything, like everything that I do with him specifically, like we're on the assault bike, your favorite thing, Devil's oh Tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done it, but just watching people do it, I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> it is, it's torture. Um, I just recently did it, and I thought I was gonna have a heart attack. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's no joke. No man. Um, there's always a level. You can always level up, and it doesn't matter what level you're at. There's always a way to level up, whether mm-hmm. it's increasing the duration of the work, decreasing the time of rest, adding an extra round there's always another variable you can throw into to fuck somebody up with it i was asking where the fuck are the training wheels on the can i just stay there but when it when it comes to watching watching richie and watching for those red flags it's all about rpms and power power output right so on the assault bike the reason why i love it is because there's a quantifiable um information that gets fed back to you so you have rpms you have wattage, which is power output. Mm-hmm. So if he goes hard on the first round, let's say he's at 105 RPMs, that's his max effort. He drops maybe down to 100 by the end of the 20-second sprint. Okay, those are numbers that I, those are his fresh numbers, so to speak, quote unquote. So if he's hitting round three and he's only hitting 91 RPMs, like I want him to stay between 90% of his fresh numbers. So 90% of 105 would be like what, 98, 98 RPMs? 98 and above so if he starts dropping below that threshold that's when i know his body's not capable of pushing more so that's when he hops off calls it a day cools down and hits mm-hmm. the road oh, okay so uh could you take us into um going into fight week i know part of it is the weight cutting now that since again you have to work around mm-hmm. whatever schedule you have um a lot of times you see um i mean is a hard sparring done during fight week at your level like so um as far as the sparring, maybe I'll jump in the week of if I still need to cut weight. Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of just tell everyone, hey, you know, I'm going to just drill. So it would be more technical. Right. Okay. Or, or they'll still spar with me, but, you know, not hard. We'll go light, light sparring. Just yeah, so I could, it's kind of like that play fighting. You exactly. See with the, yeah. uh, you see like Muay Thai guys do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
but before that it's all hard sparring hard sparring oh man yeah. that, that's always like given an interesting debate but it, I, I guess early on for i guess for you right now it's more beneficial because like, like again you need that experience because yeah because yeah, you always wonder like should you be doing it harder i keep doing going with the hard sparring as if you keep going with your career yeah, I, my mentality is like I like both. I like the new school thinking and then a little bit of the old school thinking mm-hmm. because um, I, I I agree with my coach. Bakwatch tells me he's like, sometimes you have to train when you're tired, mm-hmm. so you know the feeling when you're sparring, mm-hmm. and if you're in that position one day in a fight, it's not new to you. Mm-hmm. So because I had already like my first fight, going back to my first amateur fight when I got dropped, it wasn't new because I had already been stunned, clipped from yeah. boxers that I was sparring before the fight. So it wasn't, I wasn't shocked. It just hurt and it sucked. And I was like, <laughs> you know, but I already experienced that. So I knew that I could get up from that and continue. Mm. So, you know, I like, I like both. I like hard sparring, but I also, I'm a big fan of technical sparring as mm. well. Just like, you know, being sharp, being fast and being able to, being able to react without your brain thinking, you know, mm-hmm. just second nature. Boom. Right. Uh, d- now, does does Bao split it up between the boxing and the Muay Thai, or like how does he? I mean, ha- I mean, how does uh, what kind of style is he using for you? Um, usually, we're doing just MMA sparring. MMA e- sparring. Every now and then, I'll I'll go to uh, real boxing and MMA mm-hmm. in Orange, and I'll spar some other guys, professional okay. boxers, and it's you know boxing's a whole new. <laughs> it's another animal. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. So just trying <laughs> yeah. to keep up with those guys is. It's, yeah. Okay. so fast so humbling yeah yeah uh yeah humbling, humbling. that's the big yeah. that's the big word um i did kind of that play fighting thing like once with a semi-pro and it was just kind of this thing where like you're throwing the punch and he's not that far away but it's like he's just yeah. not there at the end of the play you're like <laughs> how? i'm like oh my god that's and this was years ago so like that's when i had that first bit of like oh i really need to respect what they're doing yeah. it's not just you know being a fan and like reacting what mm-hmm. they're doing when I'm watching it, it's like oh no there's a there's a fucking art to this <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh, so okay the first time uh, let's talk about the first time you hit mitts uh, oh man how did that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah how, how did that feel you know you just been on doing jujitsu at that yeah, point yeah so right. the very first time I ever hit mitts I felt like uh, you seen that episode where Homer Simpson is getting ready for his fight <laughs> and he hits <laughs> the mitt and yeah. there was a fly yeah. and he <laughs> takes out the glove and then the fly flies away <laughs> that's how I felt exactly you know that's um, hilarious you definitely have to build your I always tell everyone like the especially all the new fighters that come I'm like dude it's different cardio for different things so yeah. you need mm-hmm. the, you need cardio for mitt work you need cardio for jiu-jitsu you need cardio for uh, wrestling you need cardio for boxing and it's all different cardio yeah it's like different cut types of uh well, I mean, to be honest, different types of workouts. Like mm-hmm. you're, the the tired I get from a cardio workout is not the same when I'm just lifting weights. Very like, different. It feels very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's something people don't understand. Let alone the difference between just boxing and kickboxing. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's very different. Um, what was uh, um, how, how long was it before you got like more comfortable with the stand up? I want to say. Maybe like a year ago. A year ago. That's when I started just feeling very like fluid, mm-hmm. you know. And then I've been working with Bao ever since. So like anything he tells me, it's you know, like we kind of choreograph together. Mm-hmm. So I already know what he's expecting. I know what he means when he just yells something out. So it's not confusing for me at all. So 
you know having this you know this one trainer for a while already it's just very beneficial yeah. i know i know what he asked for like you know i'll be sparring he's like hey do this i'm like oh i know what he means and, and without going too much into your strategy because i don't want to spoil anything in case one of your opponents <laughs> is listening, but like when you're getting ready for an opponent how much of it is studying what they do versus what you do yeah we'll, we'll we'll study him a little bit you know watch what they do and then if their um strong point matches my weak point then we just start working on my weak point mm-hmm. for a lot you know we'll just try to improve that as much as we can and then fight come here comes fight time and then we just try to you know take advantage of our strengths mm-hmm. and then ryan are you part of that process they say like hey we're fighting let's say let's say we're fighting a wrestler it's like we, we need him in this kind of condition are you kind of consulted on this at all uh, not particularly um his coach his striking coach uh, wrestling coach they do more the technical they're more the okay. opponent i'm more the uh, all right when's the fight let's get you going right i'm okay. gonna sharpen your blade a little bit so when the time comes to swing you're gonna cut right through mm-hmm. and you said you were more in the conditioning side so mm-hmm. like what what's an example of like a routine you'd have sure uh, so i mean do? not something i just do with uh richie specifically well, I'll give you like a generalized, um, generalized like workout real quick. So obviously for for Richie, when you look at the demands placed for any fighter, MMA fighter, boxer, you're gonna need to be have constant movement, which means that your heart rate is gonna be elevated. Yeah, off the bat. But the energy demands, when you look at the body, once again, to get technical, when you're looking at um, the energy systems, you want to start training the energy system that requires no oxygen. So that's called your anaerobic system. So anytime like you do a, um, like a, plyo, a plyometric jump or you throw a punch or you throw a kick, your body doesn't use oxygen to throw that kick. Mm-hmm. So you want to start training the body to use that energy system that requires no oxygen. And the only way you can do that is to do a high intensity interval training. Now, in the research that I've seen, um, coupled with like the application of me training other athletes, the anaerobic system is the least trained system within most athletes. Uh, I'm not sure if people just aren't aware of that or they have their own method of trying to overcome that. But if you're going to be throwing combinations and you're going to be throwing a lot of combinations, punches, constant movement, you're going to need your body to recover. Mm -hmm. So focusing with Richie specifically on the assault bike, there's a measurable way to see what his output is. Uh, There's a strategy to make sure that uh, we're training the system it's supposed to. So the next time when we regroup and we come back, I know what he did last time. Where is he at this time? Mm -hmm. So you can actually track the measurable differences that that we're making with his training. And then, you know, four weeks, three weeks out from his fight, he's sparring. He's shooting me texts. Hey man, I felt awesome today. Like I was recovering way fast. These boxers that I was boxing, they were huffing and puffing. I was completely cool in my corner, not even chilling or not even hurting. Well, I'm chilling. They're kind of struggling a little bit. So I know he feels it. He noticed it. He sees it. And when he can notice it, that's when I know I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. That's the best part. That's the most rewarding part. Yeah, that recovery time yeah. between rounds. That's that's, that's everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like when you think about it, like you want to be able to put as much horsepower into every round as you can and be able to give it every single time. Mm-hmm. So if you come to round three and Richie's fighting at 85, 80%, but his opponent's down to 75, 70%, Richie's going to be able to recover faster still, have more power per punch, more per kick and so I have more in the gas tank when he needs to go for an explosive takedown or to do you know some grappling move on the ground to get out of whatever he's in he still has that strength that he can give he has that gear he can shift into still mm-hmm. right I think you were telling me last time for your fight you were able to take down people that he couldn't take down before just by you know flexing and putting that that muscle into it. and he never had that strength before people are noticing like dude like what are you doing well 
Right. Right. We're putting work in is what we're doing. Yeah. And being smart about it. Absolutely. Completely strategic. Right. Uh, So, I mean, you said, uh, okay, you said you two worked together right before you came pro. Yeah. Your first pro fight. So you've gone to the third round before and after. Can you, do you notice the difference after working with Ryan? Yeah, big time. Um, The first time that I win, I think it was three minutes as an amateur. Mm -hmm. I felt really tired like super tired oh really oh my god it was i was like oh my god what is this <laughs> second time around i rematched the same guy and then we went again decision mm-hmm. and then you start getting used to it a little bit you know because you're like okay now we're getting longer rounds but then when i started working with ryan my first fight it almost went the whole 15 minutes mm-hmm. and i was a little you know gassed out i wasn't used to fighting five minute rounds as a pro but i did i i, I felt that second win come in and i was like, all right i got this God, five minutes must feel like an eternity. I was, gonna, I was just going to say when that. When you're yeah. locked in a cage with a trained oh, killer, no it way must out. feel like an yeah. eternity. No way out. <laughs> it's funny because my, my first pro fight, I fought this guy named Diego Perez. Um, he kneed me in the face. Oh, fuck. And uh, I remember just, I was there, and then he was, he's tall. He kneed me in the face, and I was like, fuck, that hurt. And then I, I'm like, damn, how long are these rounds? And it just, it just felt. Like, <laughs> but um, that was that was that was a cool fight. That was oh, a good fight. God damn. Uh, I mean, uh, okay, so you're, um, you're, you're how many fights in now? Uh, it's going my sixth, sixth pro fight. Sixth pro fight coming yeah. in. Um, so what? Uh, uh, what do you? Where do you see your career going from here? Because you're fighting for a king of the cage. Correct? Yeah. That's for, for folks who don't know, King of the Cage. That's a big deal for a lot of up and coming fighters. Uh, a lot of people came through that organization. I remember the days when I remember back when uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson was fighting there. He's I think he was the one that kind of like brought real attention to it uh, back in the day. Uh, but a lot of people came out of that organization. Um, are you? Wait, am I crazy? Did you did you say you're fighting for the title soon? Yeah. Jesus I'm fighting Christ. for the title, so mm-hmm. awesome man. We got you yeah. like right before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fighting uh, Nick Angeloni. He's a brown belt. He's undefeated. He's four zero. Um, so for this fight, actually, it's gonna be five fives. So Ooh. if yep. we need to, we'll go twenty five minutes. So for this one, I definitely sparring more. Got to run more. Mm-hmm. More sprints. Got to get on that devil's tricycle. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. Is it for when you're training him for three rounds five? Is it is it just adding more? Are you what what goes into the what adjustments go into that? So that's actually a really good question. I've never trained him for five rounds. So with that being said, if we're making the adjustments on the fly, we're gonna have to do more volume. He's gonna be standing on his feet longer. He's gonna be throwing more punches, if any more takedowns, grappling longer. Therefore, you have to increase the volume, but we just have to be strategic with how we do it. So rather than going all out bursts, like we would do maybe for a three round fight, we're probably gonna go maybe 80, 80% max and hold as long as you can. Mm-hmm. 80% repeat and then repeat and then repeat and then repeat because you wanna go the distance. What good is going five rounds when you're done at three? Yeah. Uh, you got to make up for the last two rounds, so I have to put my thinking cap on and make sure I can still do that without burning him out and taking uh, taking effort away from his other trainings that he's doing with his other coaches. So that's where everyone like really has to like be mindful what of what everyone else is doing because mm-hmm. I don't want to send him to to go box when his legs are shot and his you know his shoulders are crushed. Right. That's like he's not gonna do him any good. Yeah. You know, so I have to find ways to make sure that what I'm doing with him is contributing and supplementing everything else that he's doing. I want to be that cherry on top not you know, not the hamburger who comes and takes everything away from everyone else you know what I mean yeah okay and then when um, when you're 
going through this as well. We haven't really talked about the actual nutrition. Uh, I, I, do you help them with that as well? Mm-hmm. On the, okay. So what, um, for someone who walks around at 175, 185, you get to get them down to 160. Mm-hmm. It's at 160. Yeah, 160. Okay. So what nutrition-wise, mm-hmm. what are you doing for him? So calorically, obviously, when it comes to when it comes to dropping weight, you always want to be consume less calories than, uh, than what you're actually burning. Right. right. And, oh, and I, I want to clarify, too. It's like th- there's for normal people and then versus what, uh, what Richie's doing. It, it's it's <laughs> so hard. It's how many really cheeseburgers hard. can you eat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really hard because yeah. for someone who's Richie's build, he can easily eat 2,500, 2,600 calories per day. Mm-hmm. Just average maintenance, walking around, being healthy, having um, just good health, being having vitality. Mm-hmm. When it comes to training, okay, now we got to... We got to focus on fat loss, but we also have to focus on not giving away his performance. So that's where you really have to start walking that tightrope. So if that's the case, we really have to have uh, a lot of foods that have a lot of micronutrients in it. So greens, vegetables, powders, um, complete whole foods. Right, carbs are he's gonna incinerate carbs. Right, but you also have to main uh, be mindful that carbs retain water. So in, like in the one body. cheeseburger. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but also too for the body to recover fully. For example, if he were to take a day off, I would have him eat four thousand calories in a day. If that were the case. Damn. You're, you you got to give the body yeah, nutrients no, and course. prepare for the next week, you know? Yeah. That sounds you, like you can. <laughs> yeah. But you also mentioned Richie's like, I can't that, wait like, for those days. Uh, anyway. you, oh, you talked about, like, introducing, like, um, or implementing, like, turmeric and yeah. things like that, A lot of right? anti-inflammatory. Yeah. That helps the body recover. Once again, we were talking about the yeah, high tide, low tide. Yeah, So, once again, like, turmeric, fish oil, avocado, things that are really high in anti-inflammatory properties are going to help the body recover and keep the tide from getting as high as it should before it starts to cause a lot of damage. And have you had any difficulties adjusting to that diet? Well, let me ask you this, Richie. What was it like before you Ryan, <laughs> and then versus now? So before it was like, you know, you just eat whatever. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like there's specific foods you're supposed to eat. But my body always does this weird thing where when I first start going back on eating cleaner, the first two weeks I feel really weak. I feel tired. I feel sleepy. What? And it's just my body adjusting to the healthy food. What what is what is it about that? Because I I've gone through that too, when like I try just eating healthy for mm-hmm. a week, like I definitely feel different. What what is going on there? So usually when you're eating a bunch of clean foods, right? Uh-huh. So if you were to eat, let's say, a pound of cheeseburgers versus a pound of broccoli, there's gonna be maybe, let's say, the cheeseburgers are like five thousand calories. That pound of broccoli is like six hundred calories. Okay. So by eating cleaner, you're consuming less calories, and that fatigue that you're feeling is your body trying to figure out what it can burn to make up for that deficit that you're in. Oh, okay. So, I mean, so once again, like we were talking about, he can eat easy 2,600 calories chilling, no problem. But when he's doing, when he's uh, in camp and he's doing multiple workouts at what, at least two workouts a day, right? So he's he's training in the morning, doing strength conditioning in the morning, then he's doing sparring in the evening, doing wrestling in the evening. He's going through eat an easy, you know, 5,000 calories in a day. And his body only has to function off, you know, 1,800, 2,000. Oh, so that's a huge okay. deficit. So- all right, that, that actually explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, um, so again, you're back to your, like, you're, you're feeling sleepy, you're eating just whatever. Um, so but before, it, was it just whatever, it's like convenient? Or is it, what exactly is it? Are you going fast food? Is it? No, not necessarily that? fast food, but just whatever, you know, whatever we're eating. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> was, right. 
enchiladas we would just eat it you know yeah. and then I was like well fuck I've been training for a week really hard and I've gained a pound what the hell yeah. and, uh, <laughs> but you know you just it's just the information like like I was like he was saying you don't know what you don't know so exactly. I was just it was kind of like um, going one step forward and then two backwards because you're training all this week, training hard, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, I'm not really losing weight. Okay, and then after your uh, – how long did it take for you to adjust to the, the cleaner food, that that diet? Yeah, it take, I mean, even now it takes, like, a little bit. Like, uh-huh. when I start, it'll take about a week or two, and then I notice, too, that when my body starts getting at a, a smaller walking around weight, that also takes me time to adjust. So let's say I'm, like – Let's say I start at 180 and all of a sudden I'm at 175. Those two weeks, I have to really push myself to be like, it's just, it's just a, it's just mental. Mm-hmm. You're fine. You're healthy. Mm-hmm. You just, your body's just adjusting. And then it's a, it's a trip. Just one day f- from one day to another, I just feel good. You're just hangry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My wife tells me, dude, you're you're something else. Because <laughs> I do. I get I get really hangry, man. Um, question, that, man. God. Yeah. Um. A lot of fighters talk about how they don't do extracurricular activities with their significant other as yeah. they're training for their fight. Is that something that? No, I, th- I think that's just a myth, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I think like the uh, that's a big thing in boxing. Yeah, yeah. But if you know, if we're being honest, the fights that I've lost, I was tell my wife that's why I lost. <laughs> yeah. Before it was like you know we had like Honey, a good you gotta run. help me with the training. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, gotta, you know, we were having a good run. Like every fight I was winning. I was like, see, this, this is a myth. This yeah, myth. this should yeah. that this yeah. is not well, true. Yeah. You get, when you're active, you're producing more testosterone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you feel you do you do feel it, but then the week of it, it does become more like uh, just because you're tired. Okay. Yeah. You're cutting weight and stuff yeah. like that. But mm-hmm. before that, you feel in the mood. <laughs> yeah. There, there's there comes a point where you start feeling like like Superman when yeah. your body's just dialed in. You just feel your confidence is up. You just feel like nothing can stop you. You know, mm-hmm. you feel sharp. You feel strong once those picos hit man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exactly just i'm just i don't think, I don't think john jones doctor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is with that that superman moment is that before or after you're cutting the weight nah never never before never before yeah. no oh, um man. Yeah, when you're cutting weight the week of, yeah, you just you just feel shitty, you're in a bad mood and then, you know, always always it's Hey, how many more pounds, man? How many pounds? You know, you go to the gym. Hey, man, how many more pounds? And you're just like, oh, yeah. And then sometimes you'll say like, oh, well, I got a 10. And they're like, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, God. So now, go. now I'll Here just be go. like two pounds. Two. Like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that is not true. You know, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's 10 or 11 or 12. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the number is. Yeah. Right, and yeah. uh, is most of the at that point in fighting is most of the weight he's cutting is it w- just water weight or is it something else? That week of the fight's mostly water. Okay, because you're in the sauna, right? You're in the sauna, jump roping, Steam jogging, room, just, just a bunch yeah, of just sweating everything. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> well, how much body? How much water can the body give up? We have a, we have a lot. Um, so if we're looking uh, at how much water weighs, for example, a gallon of water weighs eight pounds. Okay. So if he has to cut, you know, ten pounds, it's just a little over a gallon. But if you do it throughout the entire week, little by little, it's, it's doable. It'll be uncomfortable for sure, as I'm oh, sure yeah. he can definitely attest to. But when you look at the body, there are mechanisms in place to make sure that you don't get down to those types of levels of water as dehydration. You're forcing your body to dehydrate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's gonna be uncomfortable. Not gonna feel good. Brain fog, fatigue. 
be your heart's gonna be beating a little faster you know right because I mean? like we said earlier like your body's gonna hold on to that water yeah it's hanging on for dear life yeah. or literally is what it is so you're forcing your body to go against what it's built to do so you're forcing yourself to go to extremes that it's not really i want to say designed to do yeah you can but that's where the discomfort comes from you're hmm. pushing it beyond what it should be done and that's where that's where it becomes uncomfortable that's why you're supposed to walk around at a smaller weight and as you get closer to your fight you're supposed to gradually get smaller and smaller because it's 10 percent that you shouldn't lose of Mm -hmm. um your whatever weight you are Mm -hmm. oh you can answer this too since again you're uh you've been fighting california yeah right okay um with california at least is there like a hydration level they check or is it like do they tell you like hey you have to be this hydrated have you come across anything like that? No. But like when you do your physical, they, mm-hmm. they check your weight too. So okay. they give you a recommended weight. So if I was to go one day and get a physical and I was 190, they would recommend for me to fight at 170. How far out are the physicals? Um, They expire every year. So every you're supposed year. to renew them once a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about like this is something you're supposed to do as your as Yeah, your, your medical. Yeah, oh, your okay, medical okay. as a fighter. Um, And then for fight week is there any um well at least the day is it a 24 hour weigh in for kids? yeah okay as pro it's 24 hours it's always 24 oh, hours. amateur if if you're lucky you'll get on an amateur pro card and then you'll get the 24 hours but if it's just amateur it's going to be same day weigh-ins and i've yeah. done those those it's mm. horrible i bet do you even feel like you can fight at that point or yeah, yeah. I mean, you have someone trying to hit you in the face. Like, all right, <laughs> no choice at that point. Yeah, I, I always wondered like how. I mean, you're never at a hundred percent as an athlete mm-hmm. just because of all the punishment you're taking. But hey, like how, how how close can you get? Uh, I mean, to feeling yeah, to feeling like a hundred percent. Um, I think you can get pretty close. Yeah, you know, especially if you've done it right and you know you did what you're supposed to if mm-hmm. you don't cut a lot of weight you should be able to feel real good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if you cut a lot of weight that's when you start struggling you're like fuck i don't feel good i don't feel my legs damn stuff like that i've yeah. seen fighters like when they go in the weigh-ins that this is just a struggle for them to even get up on the scale because oh, yeah. they're cramping obviously they're in just so much fatigue yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i've seen guys just like shuffling up to the to the scale just because they can barely fucking mm-hmm. get up there yeah uh, when you when you get to that point, um, for example, if Richie had to cut 16, 17 pounds last minute, Oof. that's where your body's going to be pushed into the levels it's not supposed to function at. That's where you're literally fighting your body, shutting down. You risk a lot of things go down with your kidneys. Um, a lot of things can go wrong at that point. But when you, when you get to those extreme levels, you're now sacrificing your ability to perform. Mm-hmm. So the less weight you cut the more performance you're going to have. So it's almost like a trade-off. So if, if Richie's walking around, or he's fighting once, he walks around at 163, pff, he'll be a rock star when you ask away in a 160, yeah. no problem. But if he's at 173, that's a different story. Right. Like he's, his body's going to feel way different going, right? Right. But if we're looking at Mayweather, for example, he would fight like a 154, Offseason, he'd be walking around one fifty seven. So he he barely had a cut. I was going to say, I, I'm like, I'm assuming like... We can use the car metaphor, but like the more strain you put on your body, then after that weigh-in, obviously you're gonna feel your tank up. But it, the way you feel your tank up, I'm assuming, like for the guys that had to put the strain on their body, their body's only gonna recover for what, like eighty percent, ninety percent, if if yeah. that, if, if you're that? lucky. Damn, man. And then you probably have to fight the urge to eat whatever right after yeah. because you have to refuel for that twenty-four hour period. You've got to not just refuel, but refuel properly. Properly, right? yeah, yeah. 
So See, for me, like ever since my uh, after my first amateur fight, they took a sweet pasta. So ever since then, it's just that's what I eat pasta, just mm-hmm. because that's what I had the first fight, mm-hmm. and it oh. felt good. I felt oh, good. Yeah, sure. Part of it's the ritual. Part of it mentally yeah. makes yeah. you feel good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you look at what the body's depleted of. Uh, obviously, you're gonna eat carbs, fill mm-hmm. your muscles back up. You're gonna need to rehydrate like a son of a bitch too. Yeah. And sodium is really, really important. Sodium. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, because when you're sweating, right? It's an electrolyte, so it's cramping. That's blood volume. Okay. Uh, that's ability to to stay high. Hydrated. Obviously, during the fight, you're sweating. If you're already like dehydrated when you step in, performance is going to suffer way, way, way fast. We'll probably come out of the first round gassed. So being able to hydrate properly is right. It's like trying to go and race your car when your gas gas tank light is on. That makes sense because mm-hmm. I used to drink pickle juice before football games because I used mm-hmm. to cramp up. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes total sense. Now. Yeah, so especially when your body's so depleted, your body's a sponge. So yeah, you're going to need carbs. And everyone responds differently to carbs. If pasta works for him, he feels he's the best, then good, go for it. Uh, some people might prefer russet potatoes or yams, mm-hmm. sweet potatoes. Some people might say, well, it's, it has too much fiber. It gets me like bloated and gassy and messy my digestion up okay cool then have jelly bean uh, electrolyte jelly beans you know what i mean find whatever Elect- works for electrolyte you. jelly beans mm-hmm. that's a thing yeah absolutely oh shit yeah <laughs> it's good uh i mean it has sugar has electrolytes in it um it helps start retaining all the water helps start bringing it back uh, put the, okay. puts the water in the right place puts your muscles put is it in your circulatory system is there anything like like we talked about turmeric i go back to that but is there anything else like that you could Take as far as I mean, like drink or coconut water. Coconut water. Coconut okay. water I used to is oh, Pedialyte. Pedialyte. Oh, that's yeah. what I was about yeah, to ask. I'm like, Pedialyte too. The be best okay. hangover drink in the, the world. Best. <laughs> it is. The it, tricky it part is, you yeah. know, you jump on the scale, you make weight or whatever, and then you start drinking it. You can't drink it fast. It'll make your stomach hurt because you have no liquid. Oh. So that's the trick part. Like yeah. everyone. Okay. And my dumbass always drinks fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you feel like you haven't drank anything in forever. Do you ever so try you, to like dilute it with water or just just? I drink, I drink everything, man. I drink oh, yeah. the water, the yeah. pee, like the coconut water, and by mm-hmm. the end of the night, my stomach just hurts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the hard part, too, because it, the more you cut, the more you have to fill up, but you only have a limited amount of time. Right. So you have to be very, very specific with, with what you put in. So if a fighter had to cut like 15 pounds, you're going to have to rehydrate, but all that water that you're putting in you, all the rehydration is going to take away from food, from food, which is going to be the fuel. And that food that you eat 24 hours before is going to be in your muscles ready to burn 24 hours later. So if you're full off water and liquids, you're not going to be able to get enough um, food in you to, for the fight. So you're still going to be suboptimal. You might be hydrated, but you might not be fueled. Does that right. make sense? Right. But on the rest part, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, uh, back to... Um, uh, no, go ahead, Dave. I can't remember uh, what I was going to say. On the rest part, like, what are your average hours of sleep then as you're training and going throughout your fight, your fight night? So I... From what I hear, recommended is like seven to eight. Okay. But I don't know why I just have really bad insomnia. I just can't sleep. Yeah. To this day, I just Well, you're can't. about to be locked in a cage with a trained killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too. yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing is, too, like, you know, like, um, I'm at the gym all day. So when I come home, I'll throw on Netflix and then I'll just start watching movies. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, fuck, it's five in the morning. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, so, oh, I got to see Ryan in 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and for the other fight... I had to do that. There's oh sometimes where I was like, fuck, I'm on a one hour of sleep and I'm going to go do this and then, you know, come home and sleep, whatever, and then go train again. But okay. it's not ideal. I'm trying to figure it out myself even to this day, like why my body's like that. Damn. Oh. I do drink a lot of coffee though. Maybe that's what it is. Uh-huh. 
Oh yeah, no, I'm I don't caffeine know caffeine addict too. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> who isn't? Yeah, right. I'm exactly. yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> but ideally, you want to sleep about eight hours. I feel the difference when I sleep a lot. Oh man, I feel good because your body's just again got that rest. It mm-hmm. what it's gotten, it's gotten back to like low tide basically. Yeah, what that's, that's yeah. what you want. But sometimes yeah. you're so sore that you can't sleep. Like you're just like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. you can't sleep. It's it's a trip, man. It's a trip. Yeah. Uh, what what are some of the mistakes a fighter could make um, refueling? Because like like we said, finding what you eat obviously or drinking too fast. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that 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 could happen to you? Uh, so common. I mean, what's thing that people don't know what they don't know? Right. So the I think the worst thing to probably put in you twenty four hours before a fight is too much fiber. Fiber. Okay. Fiber. One, your body doesn't use it as energy. Two, you're already dehydrated, so it's probably going to constipate you. Uh, three, you're going to have digestive problems. You're going to feel really, really uncomfortable, feel really bloated. You're just going to be really, really just mm-hmm. not on point. So, I mean, that would probably be the number one thing. But, I mean, no no one's going to go eat freaking, like, brand muffins when they get off the scale. You know what I mean? I don't know. Max Holloway eats all the cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, he <does>. <laughs> <laughs> But he's a... I mean, there's a lot of guys that are just different, man. Yeah, just different, sure. like, fucking... I want to say species, because some of the guys... I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you all sure. Romero's yeah. different species. I mean, yeah, you're... No. <laughs> in, in a sense, you're a different species as well when you get in the cage, or yeah. as just as a fighter, period. Um, but speaking of being a fighter, like... I mean, when you go into social situations and you tell them, like, hey, I'm a, you know, when they ask or whatever, is there any, like, jackasses out there that just say, hey, what's up, man? Like, try to test you or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. the Donald Cerrone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, so it happens sometimes, really? Uh, every now and then, you know, but, like, I don't really ever say that I'm a fighter. And yeah. I never, like, it'll never surprise. come for me. Surprise. I'm a, I'm a Element fighter of surprise. Guy, but yes. people will say, like, oh, you know, like, we're hanging out. They're like, oh, well, he's a pro MMA fighter. Like, oh, you are? I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. You know, but, no, not so much. <laughs> I increase like, the no, peace. not really. Here, like, <laughs> always increase the peace. You know, I don't like, I don't there like fighting, starting fights, nothing like that. Well, I mean, I feel like every real fighter would do that because they just know it's like, no, this is not worth it to fight it's dangerous. outside. Yeah, when it's dangerous, it's dangerous too. I'm not getting paid for this. What yeah, the exactly. Fuck? Yeah. Is my line of work? Yeah, <laughs> yeah for True. sure. But yeah, you get that. You get that. It, it gets annoying. Yeah, really. Just, yeah. Wow. Or like people will be like, "Well, I'll kick your ass," and I'm like, "Yeah." You have no idea. <laughs> no fucking idea. Yeah. Sure you would. Yeah. yeah. But you just gotta, you know, brush it off. Yeah, can't, man. Can't take oh, it serious. Man. Um, but uh, where can people watch uh, King of the Cage? Do you so uh, they get pre-recorded. So they get recorded, and then it gets aired uh, six weeks later at um, UFC Fight Pass. Yeah, so it's called oh, okay. MAV TV, MAV TV on two fourteen Directv, or if you have Verizon Files eight ten. Okay. Yeah. Every now and then they'll um, the main event fights. They'll um, go Facebook Live. You're definitely fighting in the main yeah, event. Yeah, yeah, title fight. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's right there in the. I'm just looking it up right now. Uh, King of the Cage. And he's right there in the front. Yeah. Fighting Ooh. at a Blue Water Resort and Casino, Parker, Arizona. I hear it's nice. I've never been there. So. Yeah, Parker, Arizona. Is nice. Well, it's like all. There's a lot of resorts out there. And it's, they're all pretty nice. It's just when you step off the resort, oh, it's just man. fucking hot. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't need a fucking sauna for Arizona. You can just go outside. Oh, yeah, so cutting weight out there will be a lot easier. Just walk outside. Just walk outside. Like, I'm good, I'll probably man. come under. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Uh, so what do you know about your opponent? Again, you don't have to give away no, no, no. everything, but like, what, what do you know about your opponent? I know he's a brown belt. He's, he's, a, um, okay. he's a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's a relentless wrestler. Okay. So he will wrestle you until he gets you down, 
and then he'll try to ground and pound a little bit. Okay, so, so he's definitely going to try and ground you. Yeah, he's for sure going to try to wrestle with me. Mm-hmm. And my our job is not to let him. Mm-hmm. So I, I know for sure he's not going to want to strike with me. You know. So I, you're working a lot of like avoiding the takedown or at least getting back up and off like weird yeah, positions. a lot. I was yeah. telling Ryan that yesterday uh, our coach Jacob Harmon, he brought in this guy named Gabriel Almeida. Mm-hmm. And for like 40 minutes, just nonstop, uh, put me in bad positions and just beating me up, beating me mm-hmm. up, beating me up. And, you know, it's tiring, whatever, but it's it's the positions that we need to see where, where we're going to be vulnerable and what are we going to do if we get in that situation. Because mm-hmm. the other guy, he's, you know, uh, my opponent, he's a, he's a strong dude, so... I know he's going to come to fight or wrestle me, but... Keep mm-hmm. your space on him, obviously. Yeah. 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 I know for well, sure that yeah. once I start striking with him, he's going to go try, try to take me down. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not going to fight striking with me. At least it's one of those fights where it's like, okay, we know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not going to stay to the outside. He's, not, he's coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we touched on this earlier. Um, you said, like, there's different types of cardio versus wrestling versus lifting, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, has there been any sort of adjustments toward this type of thing? Um, for this fight, not specifically, uh, Richie has never really had any real foundational strength training before, so at this point, anything's going to be good for him. That's the best part. Um, a lot of times when people don't have the foundation of lifting weights or strength training, period, their body responds very, very well. Um, so there is no bad or wrong program Richie can do at this point, so everything's going to translate. Right. Um, I don't think it's really important to focus in on typical like meathead exercises. Yeah. Everything needs to be functional everything needs to be able to translate to uh, him moving and just being a stronger individual all the way around when, when you said meathead yeah I was gonna say what do you mean by like, meathead no, no, it's, <laughs> no it's that asshole that uses the squat rack to do shrugs I'm yeah like, and curls yeah. oh so oh, that's yeah. not cool so that's not cool oh, that's me <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm sorry <laughs> oh god oh, god <laughs> alright no, but touching on that you know luckily um, when I go train with Nick uh, at Feederman Club a lot of the stuff that we do is for um it's always for explosiveness so we do a yeah. bunch of stuff um to increase my power and speed and i and i notice it because um one time i want to go hit pads after uh, i had rested a couple of days and we had done all that and i was hitting pads and even i was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> i could see it on my trainer's face he's i hit and you just hear and that's he, and he cool was just feeling. like, "That's how you know." <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Man. So it's worth it. It's yeah. worth it for sure. So it is sucks, it a lot of, but it's like, worth it. I'm guessing it's not like straight up power lifts. Then it's a lot of like what plyometrics or uh, a lot of dynamic, just functional movements. Okay. Functional movements, kettlebells, body weight control, okay. uh, flexibility. Right, I'm assuming just a lot of flexibility lifts or things that make your body flexible. Just mobility, being able to properly move through a full range of motion, mm-hmm. and be able to control the weight all the way through. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just like a different set of muscle you don't think to work. Because everyone yeah. thinks, again, back to old school way of thinking, everyone thinks you're, as I guess, isometric movements. You're, you're only working like one Yeah, muscle. isolation. Yeah. So that's that's really not the case with a lot of... No, because... So, so, yeah, especially with kettlebells. Yeah. yeah. So when, when you're thinking uh, big picture, when you're training an athlete, you, you want to look at the movements that they're going to be competing in, and then you want to choose movements in the weight room that are going to help contribute to their performance for whatever they're competing in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, for like for a sprinter, if I'm training a sprinter, you're going to work on a lot of uh, a lot of posterior chains, so a lot of back, hamstrings, glutes. Uh, but you also want to be able to work single leg movements because those are the primary drivers. When you're working with a fighter, you want a lot of 
of rotational strength. You want a lot of core strength, a lot of mobility, a lot of uh, flexibility, being able to completely control and move through a full range of motion. Obviously, when you're grappling on the ground, you're going to be put in funky positions. If your shoulders are tight, your pecs are overdeveloped, your lats are tight, someone gets you in a Kimura, you're not going to have much room to move. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? That's where you tap. Mm. So being able to have healthy joints that can move through a full range of motion is going to allow you to take that extra stress without having any damage to it. Mm. And then uh, that, uh, I mean, do you have like a, well, let's just do a softball question here. Do you have like a, a favorite workout? Like some, what, what helped you notice that change in power when you were striking? I don't know what it's called, but we were doing this thing where um, you get um, the bar. Olympic bar uh-huh. they add a weight and then you just go like this oh yeah I love that one. Yeah. I don't know what they're called we were doing that and then after that we'd go straight into dips mm-hmm. and then after that we'd go straight into pull ups right after doing a couple of those I just started feeling just sharp yeah. mm-hmm. you know you it's know? funny those are still like very again simple exercises I think a lot of gyms cater to now mm-hmm. and then people probably still don't even think about no. doing yeah. that yeah I think I, th- uh, I want to say my cousin calls that one when you're pumping up he calls that the landmine but i don't yeah know. that's what it's called oh, okay Could that be is the barbell okay. like in the platform looks like a like a home base yeah and it's standing there yeah yeah explosive movements controlled body rotation shoulder explosion okay because i think a lot of people think pro athletes they're again back to those isometric like, yeah, what, what i've realized uh, yeah. a lot of high level athletes aren't trained to train themselves mm-hmm. they're they're usually told what to do and that's where people with athletic background experience training come to help them mm-hmm. and they're they're based Basic knowledge and understanding might as well be someone lifting for the first time in the gym that they've never seen before. You know what I mean? Oh, so okay. they're almost rookies in gym training and having that background of strength training. So that's where you really got to build them from the ground up. So that's why, like I'm saying with Richie, everything that he's doing now is going to be beneficial because he's never had a real solid foundation. So now we're building the foundation. So yeah. earlier when I made references to having those seven to eight months off, you could give an athlete seven to eight months of pure strength training. Then they go into camp for those next, like I don't know, eight weeks then they're going to be a completely different beast. Mm-hmm. That, oh, that is kind of what happened yeah. with John Jones. Remember when he was doing all that powerlifting? Yeah. And it kind of, it didn't really change it for the better. It could have been a number of other different things, but like he <laughs> definitely came in like uh, more tentative and not as fluid as he was before. Mm-hmm. He, he definitely didn't have the same gas tank. So uh, I remember this must have been, I, I want to say as before the fight with DC got canceled at, two, at, yeah. UFC, <laughs> at UFC 200, but... Uh, but yeah, I remember reading about that. Like Jones went through the same type of thing. Like he, yeah, but he's also done coke the night before he fought <laughs> DC too. So and he knocked his ass out. So if we can, yeah, just if I, the only advice I can really give you is like don't do coke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank so, you for that advice. So yeah. don't do coke. Okay, yeah, got exactly. it. <laughs> That's right after. No. <laughs> Did you, do you um a lot of boxers? go to big bear or yeah. high altitudes i i have never seen mma fighters go in a higher altitude is there really? a reason you used to have a camp up there no i know but i mean like as far as like other mma fighters i don't see them or i've heard of camps well, going up there, up high altitudes is there well, reasoning no no there was a a big trend of that a lot of guys doing the high altitude training and then now from what i'm hearing it's like gone back and forth yeah versus like you you train at sea level sleep at high altitude and then or people are just saying like no just stay at sea level yeah i've heard that too where you live in high altitude but you train at sea level because your body can exert more obviously but you can live in a higher yeah i I can explain that if you guys want to hear yeah yeah um so obviously when you go into higher altitude the, the atmosphere is thinner 
Mm-hmm. Right. So when we're looking at the body physiologically, the red blood cells is what carries the oxygen through the blood. So our body is always adapting. So when we go to a higher altitude, our body has to create more red blood cells to carry that less oxygen. So when you're trained in altitude, your body's almost hypercompensating for the lack of oxygen. So when you fight at altitude, you train in Big Bear like Oscar De La Hoya did and mm-hmm. a lot of other fighters. You come down to sea level where your body still has all those red blood cells. So you almost increase your own ability to do endurance training at sea level because you have those high altitude red blood cells that are able to move more oxygen when in an oxygen rich environment does that make sense okay so you, so you want to so you want to rest at altitude it, it doesn't matter you just got to be in altitude be and be altitude. up there long okay. enough for your body to adapt or uh, you can okay. just fast track it which i'm trying to do with richie and get him in a hyperbaric chamber oh yeah i used to see uh, yeah bj penn tj dillashaw a bunch of guys yeah. did that um, they had like their own chamber or had at least that tent they slept in yeah. that would simulate like high altitude. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Rather than going up and actually training, you can sleep in there every day or spend two, three hours in there every single day. And once once again, what it's going to do is it increases your, your cardio by adding more red blood cells into your body. Mm-hmm. It's also going to help your body heal. So when Richie's going through his double double workouts a day for you know seven, eight weeks, his body's going to be able to recover at a much more efficient, faster rate. So he's able to give more and get more out of his training, recover faster, go in his camp go into his fight even fresher than he was before and oh. that's where you start to see the differences the body's ability to recover is monumental and if we go into like performance enhancing drugs too uh we're talking we're talking like growth hormone mm-hmm. like people use that shit because you're literally injecting sleep into your body that's why it's so powerful oh. you're able to recover and grow obviously you grow when you sleep that's why bodybuilders use it to grow to stupid levels i've never heard it like put that way yeah i mean me either sleep yeah yeah that's you're exactly at the recovery obviously yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the recovery is everything because you're you're over you're obviously you can lift more weights but then your your recovery time is going to be quicker because you're not fucking yeah so down. you can lift weights again and yeah. again and yeah. again and your body's going to recover faster and grow and recover mm-hmm. and grow yeah that's that's the thing with PEDs I think everyone your common your layman probably thinks like you just inject it and you get muscles I'm like that's not how it mm-hmm. works it, not it's, even the, close. it's the recovery mm-hmm. is what you're getting and you're you're still putting in the work you have to. Don't do that either. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about Arizona. I know All California is strict. <laughs> <laughs> Stick organic. to his nutritional plan. <laughs> don't listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we've already talked about it. Once we hit forty, we're gonna fucking we're gonna do oh, all the yeah. PEDs. No, hey, no, why wait? Yeah, yeah why, right. Why, why wait? Competing? I'm not competing. Yeah, you ain't competing. <laughs> as long as it's legal, I'll yeah. do it. I'm <laughs> gonna get thick by the time I'm forty. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Once Richie starts fighting more fights, so we can be his bodyguards. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> there you go. Well, have, yeah, you'll have like an entourage and you walk out. Before. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, Richie, how long? Um, not how long do you think? But like, where? Where um, is your goal to eventually compete in like the UFC or like one Bellator or one of those leagues? Do you, I mean, what do you what do you see yourself doing? You know, for me, years? the the main goal is going to be to fight in the biggest show. That's the main goal. You know. Um, Along the way, if I'm able to fight for Combat America, Bellator, that's that's mm-hmm. that's good too. That's I mean that's smart. Biggest show, like I, I like that answer because it's you're obviously not going to be doing fighting until you know retirement age. Your lifespan's short. Yeah. Um, I think that's smart just because it's like get your money and then get out. So mm-hmm. biggest show, I think that's the right move. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, 
Combate Americas. Are they based in Arizona? No. They're, you know, they have shows. I think they have the, a show tonight in Fresno. So, in Fresno, okay. Yeah, they're growing pretty big, too. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's a good show to fight on as well. Yeah, I know that's, I want to say Art Davies. The, the same guy that founded the UFC. Like, he started that one. And then, um, uh, and then are there any... Uh, any any dream opponents that you'd ever want to like step in there with, or is that kind of too far? Do you even think that far ahead? Um, Brock no. Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think Connor. Be, yeah, Connor. I think, I think it'd be fun to fight him, mm-hmm. just because he's good and he's smart. Mm-hmm. Or Cuban so. Jesus, he's the big talk of the oh, man. town right now. Nah, and you'd he, be- and oh, oh, you mean Rio Well? No, 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 Jorge, Jorge Masvidal, no, 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 Cuban Jesus, yeah, he's a beast, man. Yeah, I mean that guy's a like he's like a like a real gangster, man. Dude, yeah, he started fighting in backyards with Kimbo Slice. No, I remember seeing that. That was sponsored by sponsored by Reality Kings. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, it was. I like how every guy knows what that is. I mean, what's that? Yeah, what is Reality Kings? Excuse me, is that is that Reality show? Is that on, is on TLC? What is but yeah, that? no, the guy, uh, they used Reality Kings. That's, what, that's who sponsored those yeah. backyard oh, fights. Shit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy to see him start, I mean, not start from there. Who knows where he started, but get from there, and now he's the yeah, probably he was the top of the name. teenager when he was fighting there. He was yeah. Like 17 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, it's always good to see, like, someone like Jorge who's been around a long time. Yeah. And finally, he's getting the, the notoriety he deserves. Um. But uh, yeah, him Connor would be a good one just because you'd get rich. I'm yeah, I'd be like, I'm good, guys. Yeah. Retire after this. <laughs> oh, you know what? Someone the style like Cerrone, just someone who's like mm-hmm. seasoned and yeah, good. It takes it's like that fun. experience. Yeah. Are, are a lot of the guys you fight the same level of experience for the most part? Okay. Uh, my second pro fight though, that that guy had like thirty pro fights already. God damn! And it was my second. Wait, one. how did the yeah. commission allow that? Yeah, we had to get it approved. Oh, yeah, the commission okay. was like. Um, oh, but uh, you wanted to take the. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, but um, how many rounds did it go, Richie? Now we went, we went all fifteen minutes. All fifteen minutes. Yeah. How how did you? What happened? What was the outcome? He won by decision, but I feel barely. Oh, and Split I broke barely. my toe. Yeah, that's and right. I broke my toe. Oh. Right. Oh. So we were trying. We were getting ready for you know the warm up before you come out, and. Wait, well, he's broken before the fight. Yeah, yeah. Oh so, fuck! In particular, that area, they don't have mats. Uh huh. So you're getting ready and um, floor. Yeah. And we start wrestling. Whatever. I happened to grab my coach at the time's leg, a wrestling coach, and his foot and my foot collided. And I wasn't wearing shoes, and I just hear it go. <laughs> oh. And I saw it bend all the way back, and I was like, Oh, it was like the what the middle toe, big toe. The the, the long one, the second middle one. toe. Yeah, the middle, middle toe. Middle, yeah. yeah that, oh. And uh, I tell my coach, I'm like, dude, I broke my toe. He's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> but I could see it in his yeah. face. And little by little, the shit was just getting swollen. Oh, more oh and more fuck. And more. Did you so, tape it or anything? Or? No, I no, didn't. You just, oh. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm all right, I just broke my toe. I got to go fight now. Mm-hmm. And this guy has a shitload of fights. Yeah. So, we go out there. I do my best. I clipped him a couple times. Oh, he hell was yeah, wobbled. He Fuck yeah, yeah the fight was back and forth. I, I right. feel like it could have gone either way. Yeah, no, for well, I sure. feel like if you're 100, if your yeah. toe wasn't broken, you would have knocked him out. <laughs> so in the second round, I throw a kick, uh-huh. and I kicked, I kicked him with my broken toe on the elbow. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and then after that, I was like, oh, fuck. I, I noticed something was wrong because in the first round, he barely hit me with a jab, and I fell. And it wasn't a flash knockdown. I was like, what the fuck? I lost my balance. Oh, fuck. It was my toe. 
Uh, well, I mean, that's it's your base. That's yeah. yeah it's no excuses. The the guy put up a good fight. He sure. won. My hats off to him. He's actually fighting tonight too. Sure. I will say, out of all the fights, that was the closest. It could have gone either way. It really so could've. split decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Split. Yeah. And the, I, I feel the like fact- I won, but you know, like this just. Uh, maybe I'm being biased to my own self. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. as you Rub should be. Yeah, toe, I mean, yeah. That guy yeah. had 30 fights. He yeah. should. That, that okay. That part tripped me out because I didn't know much about the opponent. Uh, I guess the dude you were supposed to fight, Richie, backed out last minute. Yeah. Something happened. Yeah. And okay. then all right, so I, I show up. I'm pumped. I'm excited. My like, fuck yeah, Palomino, woo! Get all hyped. And then I'm looking at the schedule. Richie Palomino, one or no. And then I see this dude. I'm like, he's like, I don't know what his record was. I'm like, whoa, like. What, when did this happen? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking it up. It's a, it's a pretty salty record. It's, yeah. it, he's like 16 and 11. Yeah, yeah but, but no, still, regardless, experience. The experience. Yeah. So I'm like, whoa, like, how did this happen? And then Richie goes fucking toe-to-toe with this dude. Little did I know at the time, his toe was busted, uh-huh. but they're going back and forth. Richie clips some a couple times. They're fucking going blow for blow, and it was fucking dead even. And in my head, I'm like, yo, this is Richie's second fight. This fool has like 25 under his belt, and he's still pushing him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck that's where i started to realize i'm like i don't have much to compare i'm not i don't know much about mma that's when i realized richie has this gift that he mm-hmm. can just go doesn't right. matter who the fuck is in front of him he's gonna come at you guns blazing like no fucks given that's where i started to see him light up i'm like holy shit it's, this yeah. dude's real that's that makes you marketable yeah too. absolutely that's, that's your that, element yeah i mean yeah. how much of that side of the game have you picked up like because it, it obviously you have to take care of yourself first but uh when it comes to the business side of things and marketing yourself has have you been able to pick up any of that yeah you know luckily i have mm-hmm. but um yeah <laughs> like sp- sponsorships and shit like yeah that, you or? know i've been blessed i've been really blessed i have a lot of people that have um reached out to me and, the, and they want to be part of the journey or they just want to help out and you know i couldn't be more thankful you know i i think right now i have like 11 sponsors or something oh fuck like nice for my last Shit. fight i had like 11 sponsors mm-hmm. wow and um most of them have been with me since my amateur days oh that's yeah. awesome man so, well, shit, use that's beautiful show, get your voice out there yeah dude, no problem here uh, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that's fucking awesome i um okay we're about at time here um let's um when don't we get all the info again for King of the Cage? Where, where did you say? So we it's uh, it? September seventh, uh, Blue Water Casino in Parker, Arizona. Parker, Arizona. Yeah. Who, who are you fighting, Richie? I'm gonna fight Nick Angeloni. Nick Angeloni yeah. is coming for you, Nick. Just yes, say, I yeah. am. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little biased, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, has a belt. We have to go and take it. You know, we're not. I'm not. I'm not looking for no decision fight. Mm-hmm. If, even if it goes to all five rounds, I'm looking for a finish. There has to be a finish. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. I've been in decisions before, yeah, and my my wins as a pro have been finishes. So mm-hmm. there's no doubt. You right. finish the fight, you know you win, and you don't have to worry about well, what was that judge looking at? So you know, I'm gonna train hard and right. You wanna you wanna control the outcome. You don't yeah. wanna leave it in the hands of anybody else. Hell yeah, yeah. Just leave a stamp. You know, like oh, I won mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. well, you tapped out or you got knocked out or whatever it is. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and Richie, is there anywhere else they can people can find you on social media anything? Like yeah, that? Your you have uh, my my Instagram. It's um, I just changed the name, so I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We got a we we got one of our regular buddies that it's uh, <laughs> L underscore Palomino underscore Power. 
Nice. And uh, Ryan, uh, where can they find you? And uh, do you have anything else to plug? Yeah. So uh, my my main Instagram is my first name Ryan double underscore Munoz M U N O Z. Um, I'm switching them. Actually, uh, I'm kind of blending and rebranding uh, my whole business right now. Next time it will probably be a lot more put together, so I can come on and talk about that. Um, but that's my main one right now on Facebook. You can find Pro Results Nutrition page, and you can also find Millennial Money Solutions as well. Fantastic, David. Where can they find you? Oh, does he uh, have uh, Richie? Do you have a Facebook page and all that stuff too? Yeah, my Facebook page is Rich Palomino. Rich Palomino. Yeah. So okay. instead of Richie, I just put it as Rich. Just Rich. Okay. And uh, David, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Superfan Armenta on Instagram and uh, Twitter, and you can find me at David Armenta on Facebook. Shout out to Lupus Org. Donate to the cause, and if you can, please go out, donate platelets. You can donate platelets every seven days up to twenty-four times a year, or if you can, please go out and donate whole blood. You can donate whole blood every hundred and fifteen days a year. And you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. And the Geek Offensive has its own social media at, with the handle at Geek Offensive. This show is part of the Geek Say What Network, so big thank you to the network and its owner, JPG. He makes me say thank you. Who? <laughs> so, so fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that but, guy. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, thank you to the network. Um, the network has a plethora of other shows available right now. Uh, please download and subscribe to all of them on Apple and Google Podcasts wherever you get your talking and actually big thank you to anthony jones our tech guy because i just found this out the other day he, he put us on everything so we're on spotify we're on oh nice uh, we're, we're on everywhere you can get a podcast yeah, wherever you right get on. your talking that's yeah, awesome. so, right so, on. Like, we'll, we'll, we can get your voice out there we, have, we have a small following but at least they can reach us wherever sure. would i be able to uh, shout out some of my sponsors of course yeah yeah, yeah please okay. yeah go ahead uh, i want to give a big shout out to all my sponsors cal attorneys mattress buddies mdm scapes Freedom Club, Pro Results Nutrition, Elite Edge Combat Performance, Tacos Manuel, Gilly's Barbershop, Pharaoh's Inc., and OTM Fight Shrubs. Oh, shit, OTM. Yeah. I haven't been there in forever. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. the support. Yeah. Support all of those and support Radio. Tacos Manuel. That's what's oh, up. They're the best tacos <laughs> in town. Yeah, man. Tacos Manuel on 17th and on Mulberry. Best tacos ever. Oh, I've driven by that place. A you guys need to check them out, man. So good. That Manuel. was your problem. So good. You drove by tacos it. Manuel. You gotta no, go. I got to go. <laughs> you guys got to go, man. Yeah. Okay, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah, So, the shows <laughs> on the network. Um, first up, we have Ready, Set, Geek, hosted by Alex Catherine. It's your starting line to geek culture. Next up, we have our weekly trivia podcast, Geek KO, hosted by Justin Madriaga and Ish. We have our actual play RPG podcast, Nerds on a Roll, hosted by uh, Rob Zagara and Lauren Peterson and their whole crew. And then we have Diverse Geeks in Focus, putting a lens on marginalized issues within the geek community, hosted by Gemma Vidal. And on the horizon, we have our pro wrestling podcast, Net Geeks, hosted by Elaine Dolalis and Berto Ponte, tagging in your inner wrestling geek. Look for that one out coming coming out soon. Everything else is available right now. Uh, next shout out goes to our uh, associate producers, Wayland Productions, for providing the space and the equipment and helping us out. Um, you can find them at wayland.ws, and if you uh, have a uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever, you can look at. Excuse me. If you have an Alpha account, look up Where Live Frontier and Gold Rush. Um, their audio dramas are award wing, so please check those out. And I believe they're available on Apple Podcasts as well. And our last shout out goes to jordandene.com. That's Jordan D E N E.com. They're a geek apparel store out of Brooklyn, New York, and they help you look nerdy and they're eco friendly. And if you shop with the promo code Geek Say What, you get 20% off your next purchase. So buy a shirt, you heathens. <laughs>
And I believe, yeah, that's that's my sponsor. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Help you look nerdy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, and I believe that's it. Guys, thank you again. Thank Richie, you guys. Appreciate uh, it so wish much. you all the luck in the world. Appreciate Be rooting it. Appreciate for it. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure to check out Richie's fight, King of the Cage, uh, and to check out Pro Results Nutrition. Again, Ryan, thank you again. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe to check out our slash. I'm sorry, John, to join the offensive. Thank you, everybody.